everyone. Welcome to Pigskin Pandemic featuring Kevin, Matt, and Ben. Just three of your everyday guys just giving their opinions on all the latest and upcoming NFL news. Things may get a little steamy or a little wild, but hey, it'll always be unscripted and real. Let's listen in and see what they have to say this week. Welcome to the Pigskin Pandemic. I'm your host, Kevin. And I'm flying solo this week as Ben and Matt are out. We are going to get into week number four of the National Football League. I do apologize for missing weeks one through three. However, I will be on and you'll be able to hear what I have to say from weeks four on out all the way through to the end of the season. This week, we're going to be talking about fireable coaches and GMs. Yes, that's right. The Lake of Fire is back, and I do have a list of people, GMs and coaches, that need to be gone either before the season or by the end of the season. You need to be about it here. We're also going to talk about my top five for top five teams. Um, I do have a, I do now have a ranking, uh, for the top five teams in the NFL based on performance. It may change week to week. We'll see. I also am going to hand out awards for, um, offensive and defensive players of the week, NFC and AFC. I do have a couple of those, but what's most important is the games. That's why the NFL is here for the games. We'll dive right into the games. Um, I'm not going to go through all of the games. I'll just touch on a few of the of the uh, some of the highlight matchups, really, um, including the Cowboys beating the Panthers thirty six to twenty eight. Dak Prescott having pretty much. Uh, the game of games, 14 of 22, 488 yards and four tubs. Ezekiel Elliott came off. Basically, he came off the running back schneid because we didn't think that he was – He was. we thought that he was actually washed. 20 carries, 443 yards. I want to I talk about this game because it showed me that what I saw uh, on Sunday was I saw – a Dallas Cowboys defense that was fast. I saw a Dallas Cowboys defense that was opportunistic with their interceptions. I saw a Cowboys team that is confident, and I see a Dallas Cowboys team that is extremely dangerous to the NFL. The NFL needs to watch out for the Dallas Cowboys. You heard it here first. No, I am not a Dallas Cowboy fan. However, the Dallas Cowboys and their makeup and their coaching staff is going to be a team that's going to shock a lot of people. I say that because the Dallas Cowboys have always had a good offense. They've had a pretty decent defense, but they just haven't been able to put it all together. But now you have Trey Diggs, you have Micah Parsons, 
you have Dak Prescott, you have Zeke, you have those three and now four very skilled wide receivers, and you have an offensive mind in Mike McCarthy, and you have a defensive mind in Dan Quinn, which Dan Quinn should have stayed as a defensive coordinator because that that's where he's at. I don't see him as a head coach, but I do see him as a great defensive coordinator. And he has that Dallas Cowboys defense flying all around the field. I, 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 I said it in the be. I said it to, you know, some of my, to some friends of mine that you better watch out for Dallas because their defense is really going to be, they're going to play lights out because they do have studs at all three levels. Um, uh, on the defensive line, the linebackers, and in the secondary. And they're, they're putting it on full display. Um, for the Panthers, um, this game, even though it was 36 to 28, I mean, look, the Cowboys took their foot off the gas and, you know, they let the Panthers get, you know, two late scores. But at the end of the day, the Panthers just were never in it. Um, the Cowboys imposed their will on the Panthers, and they are now three and one. One of the teams that dropped from the unbeaten ranks to now the beaten ranks, and the Cowboys are also three and one. We're going to move to an upset because there were, I would say, there were three upsets. Um, actually, there were, I would say, four, depending on how you look at it. There were. F- three, possibly four upsets. The first upset was the New York Giants going down into New Orleans with all of their energy, all the New Orleans energy back in the Superdome after the hurricane and the Giants put one on the Saints in overtime. And I'm going to pause here also to talk about these New York football Giants. Now, look, I get it. When you look at the New York football giants, you don't see a complete team. You don't see a team that when you go out there, they are a scary team. However, they will surprise teams because even though on paper they don't seem scary, overall, I feel like if you sleep on them, they will pop 30 to 40 on you. Um, I feel like. You know, yes, for all the Giants fans out there, this may be Dave Gettleman's last ride. It should be Dave Gettleman's last ride. However, I do think that if they got a better offensive coordinator that can utilize Daniel Jones's athletic ability, because the one thing that I've 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 seen or that I've also heard and read about Daniel Jones is number one, they call him Danny, Danny Dimes for a reason. They call him Danny Dimes because a, he has the highest completion percentage on downfield throws in the NFL to date. That is better than Aaron Rodgers, better than Patrick Mahomes, better than Josh Allen, better than all these guys who have studs on their team. He's the best downfield passer in the league. Two, that long touchdown run that he had a few weeks back, 
as far as I can remember, he ran faster than Lamar Jackson's fastest run to date. He can run the football. He can pass the football. The problem with Daniel Jones is that it's just to sit like he'll get you going, get you going, get you going. And then the next thing you know, bam, he throws a pick. And you're just like, oh, my God, like Daniel Jones, what are you really doing? Like, and I think that a better offensive staff around Daniel Jones will put him in a better place for him to make better decisions. Jason Garrett, unfortunately, he couldn't bring out the talent in New York, in, in Dallas. He can't bring out the talent in New York. And I get it. The wide receivers, the tight ends, well, they can't look, they, they can't catch COVID. They can't catch nothing. Every time you turn around, Daniel is laying the ball out there and they're dropping touchdowns. They're dropping passes. That's just concentration. And that's also coaching. That's also coaching. Those Daniel Jones mistakes, those drop passes, those missed assignments, that's all coaching. You have to get your your offense ready to play each week mistake-free football. If they play mistake-free football, they win more football games. But a lot of those mistakes, it's not that the teams are actually beating them. They're beating themselves because of the mistakes, the ill-timed mistakes. And unfortunately... New Orleans made more mistakes than than New York. I mean, Saquon Barkley came to play football. He came to play. And he scored the winning touchdown in OT. I need to see more of that Saquon Barkley. I need to see more of, of that Daniel Jones who dropped four bills on the Saints defense. When was the last time you've seen anybody throw 400 yards on the Saints defense. I get it. It was in overtime, but that Saints defense prides themselves on their passing defense, their running defense. They pride themselves on that. And Saquon Barkley had basically one of his better games since he's been back on the field. Now I will say this, Saquon, look, I I don't know. I mean, he may play another two or three more games and then he might be out again. Then what are you going to do? I think that the Giants need to really either whether it's going to be at the beginning, whether it's by by week eight, now into the season, they have to sit down and they have to these owners have to sit down and they have to figure out whether or not Gettleman's the guy, Garrett's the guy, the offense, everything. All of that needs they need to handle that because this team can go places if one or two more pieces are added. You know, it's it's just, they're just, that offensive line is just, it's terrible. But you have to put Daniel Jones in position to where he doesn't have to hold on to the football four and five seconds, and they have to hold their blocks. They have to have, they have to establish a running game. They have to get guys that can run the football. Maybe that, maybe Dave Gettleman doesn't know offensive linemen, and they need somebody else in there that can get these offensive linemen in. They passed on pretty much all of the offensive linemen that are doing well right now. He passed on them. And the guys that he did get, he was they were they're horrible. So I think that I think that 
you know, this will be maybe this will be the 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 giant signature win. They'll probably beat the Eagles one time and uh, they may beat Washington once. And uh, that'll probably be it for them. The next upset was another New York team. The other New York team, New York Jets. Beating the Tennessee Titans 27 to 24. Like, man, I, I don't know. The Titans just don't seem right right now. They don't seem like everything is fitting. It doesn't seem like everything is is coming into place. I mean, the Jets team is absolutely horrifying. And you can't beat the Jets. It take and and you had the running game. You had the best running back in football drop a buck and a half on the Jets. And they can't beat the Jets. It's this defense. I don't. I'm not understanding. I absolutely don't understand how the Tennessee Titans lose to the New York. The New York Jets should have gone 0 and 17 this year. They shouldn't beat anybody. Not one team. They shouldn't, but that's not the case because yeah, the Titans came in there and they stunk it up. Um, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I can't. I mean, look, they have, they have the weapons now. They have uh, Julio Jones. They have, um, so they have their their wide receivers. They have their tight ends. They have the running back. They have a decent decent offensive line. They still have a decent defense. What is the problem with the Tennessee Titans? I, I maybe it's just maybe it's just that you know the coaching staff has run its course. Maybe it's that Arthur Smith should have stuck around. Maybe they could have. Maybe they should have kept him around. Maybe you know maybe Ryan Tannehill isn't that guy. You know, you got now, now I will take this. I will say this, you know, the, the Tennessee Titans played without Julio Jones and AJ Brown. And when that happened, word out was, Hey, maybe the Titans are due for a loss. And guess what? They ended up losing to the lowly Jets. That was upset number two. Upset number three. It's not really an upset, I guess, but the Cardinals, your Arizona Cardinals, went into L.A. and beat the brakes off the Rams. You, The Rams, who just took Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and lit them up. Maybe that was maybe that was their Super Bowl. Maybe they couldn't come off of that high fast enough to come in there at home and beat the Cardinals because the Cardinals came in ready. Right now, the Cardinals who beat the Rams by 17 points and they also put up 37 on them. They got the quarterback, 
They got the receivers. Right now, their defense is playing lights out. Like, they are running at high octane on all three phases, and this is the first time that they have been 4-0 and since uh, since God knows when. They weren't even – since they got to Arizona, since they were in Arizona. So I consider that an upset because the, the Rams came in as the favorite. They were at home. They just beat Tom Brady. They just – I mean, you can't you can't let Arizona come into your into your stadium, and they have the quarterback, they got the defense, they got one of the best cornerbacks in football, the best defensive tackle in football. They got added Matthew Stafford. They shouldn't be losing games like this, especially in the division. You lose these division games, that'll get you kicked out of the playoffs. You you have to win your division games. I do want to talk about the Chiefs and the Eagles. Uh, listen, Eagles fans, I get it. You know, um, your offensive line is hurt all over the place. You have injuries all over the place. And it's it's early in the game. Um, I... I I'm going to go on record and I'm going to say that unfortunately, even though you scored 30 points, a lot of that was garbage yards and garbage points. And even though Jalen Hurts was 32 for 48 and he put up 387 yards, a lot of these games, he has had to come from behind and put up a lot of garbage yards. And at the end of the game, you look at his numbers and you go, okay. This guy is doing it, but he had to put up 48. He had to he had to throw 48 times. That means they were getting the brakes beat off of him the whole game. So when they play soft coverage, yeah, I mean, look, let's face it. And and, and you know what? What else? The other thing is, is that everybody's putting up 30 points on Kansas City. Kansas City defense is trash right now. Right now. I didn't say that they're trash overall, but they're trash right now. They do. They're kind of banged up in the defense on the defensive side of the ball. You know, my thing was you didn't get Edwards Hilaire to drop the ball one one time. He's dropped the ball almost every week. You need to you need to get him to drop the ball at least one time. And so Eagles fans, I hate to say this. I really do. But uh, Jalen Hurts is just not that dude. He's just not. When I look at the team. I don't see him as a guy that can put pressure on offenses or defenses like pre maybe previous quarterbacks out there. You know, not even Nick Foles. Dare I say not even Nick Foles. When Nick Foles was playing, you know, Carson Wentz, when he was he had the one good year and he had the half a good year, he was putting pressure on defenses. It was a scary thing to come out there and see Carson Wentz take the football, uh, take the football field because you knew that he was going to get points. Jalen is I, I've watched Jalen since Alabama. He is just I I'm just not confident that he can take a team to the to any land, playoff land, promised land. NFC Eastland, nothing. No, not an NFC East title, not a nothing. And the way that they're playing right now, 
they could end up in last place. Because if the Giants start figuring this out, man, look, the Eagles could be sitting up in last place with all this talent, all of that. I mean, I feel bad for the Eagles. You know, I feel bad for the Eagles fans um, because every year they try to get better and they just end up getting older instead of getting better. So we'll see. You know, right now they are um, one and three. Kansas City right now is in last place, people. Who would have thought that Denver, Kansas City, and Oakland would be better than the Kansas City Chiefs? With Pat Mahomes on the team, the quarterback of quarterbacks, who would have thunk it? Well, what happens is that when your defense becomes trash and they give up what they give up, they become, they get two losses in the loss column. And now they are two and two. And, you know, their division is not getting any weaker. They're getting stronger by the week. Yes, Oakland lost last night on Monday. Yes, they lost on Monday to the Chargers, but they lost to the Chargers. Yeah, Denver lost. They did lose, but they lost to Baltimore, right? Those are better teams, yes, but it's not going to be Kansas City Chiefs and everybody else. I imagine that even though people said at the beginning of the year it's Kansas City's to lose, and I still think it is Kansas City's to lose, I think that LA is going to the LA Chargers are going to give them a run for their money. They have a quarterback now that is poised. He he can take them from oh we're down by three, and we need a score too. Don't even worry about it. Herbert's got the ball. We're going to win. That's different. They didn't have that in Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers would throw that pick. You know. They didn't have that. They didn't have that in 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 uh, whoever else was the quarterback before that. They didn't have that. And so that's what I see. I see these Chargers and they got a young coach, a really nasty defense. They you know, they they're going to be a problem in the AFC West. They're going to be a big problem in the AFC West. Uh Now it comes to Sunday night game. Now, this wasn't an upset, but it was a better game than what people thought. I, it was a better than game than what I thought. I thought that the New England Patriots weren't even going to score, and I'm a New England Patriots fan. And the Buccaneers came into a New England, Tom Brady, and he broke records and things like that. He broke Drew Brees' record, you know, the passing record. And it happens when you play for – 300 years, but he, they go into New England and it was a, it was a heartbreak field goal. Let's put it like that. I think that Bill Belichick should have went for it on fourth and three. They had the fourth and three or fourth and four play called. It just got batted at the line. 
um, the receiver was wide open. There was nobody around him. Mac Jones made the correct play. It just got batted down. They should have went right back to the same play, and they probably would have got the first down. You get it just a little bit closer into Folks' range so that he can, you know, maybe it's a chip shot, get maybe 10 or 15 yards more. You get that chip shot in, and you go off, and you're winning 20 to 19. Unfortunately, Bill made the call to go for the win. He was he was dying for that win. He wanted that walk-off win. He was dying. I'm going to say this again. He was dying for that win. He wanted that win so bad he could taste it. And he got out of his coaching element for 30 seconds. And that 30 seconds allowed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to escape with a 19 to 17 victory over the Patriots. It broke my heart. Cause I thought we, I mean, in the fourth quarter, you know, we didn't make the mistakes that we needed to make or that, that we normally would make, you know, that we normally made in the first, you know, three games. Um, in the first game, you had Damian Harris that fumbled, um, you know, it's, 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 we would have beat the dolphins, you know, we lose 17, 16, you know, we were right there to it, 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 you know, with goal to go, he fumbles, you know, so some of these, some of these plays, you know, we look back in hindsight and you go, well, if you would have just, well, it didn't happen. And instead of being possibly two and two, or maybe even three and one, we are one and three. Because of those two errors right there, that cost us two victories. We beat the Jets. We barely beat the Jets. But, you know, we can't get past 17 points. Two touchdowns in the field goal. We're going to have to grind it out. Our defense played lights out. Um, we held Tom Brady and the, and the great Tampa Bay Buccaneer offense to 19 points. They didn't have Gronk. I get it. He probably would have been a he, – he, he was – He's definitely a huge mismatch against our defense. I get that too. So that was kind of a relief not to see Gronk on the field. He probably they probably would have put up um probably another maybe 10 points, maybe even maybe two touchdowns, maybe maybe even three touchdowns with him down there in the red zone. He's a big problem. Um but neither here nor there. Um they lost. And we have to go. We have to go on to next week's game. I mean, we got to play the Texans. So hopefully, we can smoke these Texans and get back to you know at least one game under five hundred. I did talk about the Monday night game where uh, we talked about Justin Herbert and and them beating the Oakland Raiders. It was just time for the Oakland Raiders to be, to take that, that loss. Um, uh, I do want to talk about the Packers and the Steelers. Now I watched this game. Um, I'm going to say this, you know, people, you, you probably, you probably already know this by now. Ben Roethlisberger needs to retire 
immediately. He is completely and utterly washed up. He's washed. Washed. I'm going to say it again for all you Pittsburgh Steelers fans out there. He is washed. Washed. He's done. 39 years old. He can't he can't take the hits like he used to. Yeah, he's 39, but he can't take the hits like he used to. He can't escape out of the pocket like he used to. He's missing he's missing receivers left and right. Um some games he can't even throw over 200 yards. Um right now he's only averaging may, he's not even averaging 6 yards per pass play right now. Um he put up 40 attempts and he only had 232 yards. Um, they can't run the ball. Najee Harris, who was supposed to be the savior, they can't run the ball. The offensive line is is just terrible. Um, the defense is playing. I mean, they got crushed yesterday because, I mean, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers there in Green Bay. But for the most part, the defense is playing. It's just, here, here's my thing. So when your cornerbacks, when your defensive backs are leading your team in tackles, that's a problem. That's a major problem because that means that, A, the running game is getting to your secondary and your linebackers and defensive linemen are just getting pushed around or B they're just deciding to just pass it on you guys. And because your pass defense is just Swiss cheese. I go with a and B. Um, <laughs> Randall Cobb, every time he turned around, he was, he was catching the ball on third down. This is why they won. That's why Aaron Rodgers wanted Randall Cobb. They have the one-two punch in uh, Adams and Cobb. They have a one-two punch in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They have a defense that uh, they're not the greatest of defenses, but uh, they'll get they'll get by. You know, when they come up against teams that have a little bit more firepower, like maybe Tampa Bay or Dallas or Arizona. Well, then they may get tested seriously, but I mean, what defense won't get tested against those teams? You just saw Arizona just get the brakes beat. Uh, uh, you just saw Arizona beat the brakes off of uh, the Rams. And so I'm saying this to say that Ben Roethlisberger is washed up, but they don't have the quarterback of the future right now. They just don't. They don't have the quarterback. That's going to take them to for the next 15, 16 years. Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins aren't the guy. Rudolph came in last year, the year before, and he looked pretty bad. And we saw what Haskins did in Washington. Is he going to get any better? I doubt it. You know, Geno Smith had to move to another team after he stunk it up in New York. And he still was trash because he went to Seattle and he was trash in Seattle too. And so 
they need to really draft it. I, I think that they just need to go ahead, just tank it out, let Baltimore, I can't believe I'm saying this, Cincinnati and the Browns fight it out for the division, tank it out, and just go ahead and draft that that quarterback the next year. Because right now, it's pretty bad. Juju should have went to another team. He cannot lead this team. I watched him play, and every time I turned around, him and Juju were misfiring all over the place. What is that? What is that? You, you've been on the team long enough to have a rapport with Ben, and every time I turned around, they were misfiring. It was just too long. Oh, he wasn't in the right spot. Juju dropped. Juju, like, come on, dude. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't. Mike Tomlin's a great coach. They have a good defense. They have a good defensive coordinator. The offensive coordinator, though, you know, this dinking and dunking all day long, you know, it's because the offensive line can't hold the block for longer than 0.4 seconds. You have to kind of, you know, get the two-yard to three-yard gain, you know, um, and that's not Ben's game. But they need some, they need some, they need some nasty people up front. They need some guys that can, when they, when the ball is snapped, they are firing off that ball and they are opening holes for Najee Harris. Until then, they will still be trash. So now we're going to move to our next topic, which will be the lake of fire. And this was in our previous season and the lake of fire. We had, you know, um, either a coach, a general manager um, that we thought needed to go right now. And I do have a few that need to go right now so that the team can be a little bit better. First, on the list, one Mr. Matt Nagy, you need to go. I get it. You are the offensive court. You were the offensive coordinator in Kansas City. You were that guy. I don't believe that you, you know, I don't believe that you were doing all the plays. I mean, Andy Reid is the offensive guy. So, you know, he had his little input in here and there. But these past two weeks, what he did with Justin Fields, that was atrocious. You couldn't. You couldn't put a game plan together better for Justin Fields than what you did? Are you kidding? You see this man in practice every day. You know what he's capable of doing every day. Now, I'll back up and I'll be the devil's advocate. I'll be on the other side and I'll say, well, what if Justin Fields is that typical Ohio State quarterback that just can't get it done. And people think that his athletic ability is all that's needed. What if that's what he sees? Well, if that's the case, then you need to do something else and stop putting Justin Fields in position to fail. 
you know he likes to scramble. He's going to do like every typical quarterback out there that loves to scramble. He's going to run. So do like Baltimore and put those design runs in. Don't let him sit in the pocket the whole time. So then this week, you put Justin Fields back in. You say, all right, Justin, we've got a better game plan for you. Let's go. He wins. And then you turn around and say, well, you know what? Andy Dalton is going to be our starter. Okay, I got you. Andy Dalton's a starter. He needs to lose his job uh, by poor performance. And he really only played one game. Well, if that's the case, then you need to equip or you need to have a play call or a, a, um, a game plan better suited for the players around you. And I don't think that Matt Nagy has ever had that. We used to blame Mitch Trubisky for what he did. But is it Trubisky or is it Nagy now? Because now we're looking at not one, not two, not three, but four quarterbacks that have come through. No, more than that. Um, Four, yes, four, not just four. We've had four quarterbacks come through Chicago on Matt Nagy's watch. Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, Mitch Trubisky. And all four of them look horrible. So is it the quarterback or is it the coach? I say the coach, he has to go. Also, the GM has to go. He's got to go because he's the one that If the coach got to go, the GM got to go too. Because you are supporting Matt Nagy. Got to go. See you later, sir. They need to overhaul again and get the right people in there. Next on my list. Look, I know I've been fighting to put him on my list. I think I put him on my list a couple times last year, but I am now going to put him on my list and he's going to stay on my list until he gets let go. And it probably will be until the end of the season because he'll probably get let go by the end of the season. And I'm going to put this as a package deal, a complete package deal. Dave Gettleman and Jason Garrett need to be fired. Fired. Dave Gettleman, dude, I have I have supported you and all of your moves and tried to look at the bright side. And I wasn't even a Giants fan. And you let me down, bro. You let me down. You sit up here and you get, I get it. You went out and you tried to be, quote unquote, aggressive in free agency this year. Well, guess what? The team that you ended up getting was like you should have did that maybe year two, year three. You botched Eli Manning. You drafted Daniel Jones. You don't get Daniel Jones any, any help. You had offensive linemen retire on you during training camp. You don't know what to do with Saquon Barkley. 
you get pass catchers in that can't catch the ball. You draft a dynamic wide receiver that you that doesn't even get on the field. You have a patchwork defense where you're just putting band-aids in places that don't need band-aids. You just need a total overhaul. Like what what is it that you're trying to do? And Jason Garrett can't take the Jason Garrett can't even with now I, I will say this. They have speed at tight end, they have speed at wide receiver, they have speed at quarterback, they have speed at running back. They have all this speed on the team. And they have guys that can make plays. They do have that. I'm not saying that everybody on the New York Giants is just gutter trash. They do have players on the New York football Giants that can make plays on offense. And Jason Garrett can't do it. He can't get it done. It looks like the same defense, the same offense that he had in Dallas. It was just very vanilla, very plain, dink and dunk it, just uh, 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 uh. No, this is a guy, Daniel Jones has an arm. He can get it down the field, and you have track stars for your skill positions. And, you know, when you beat the Saints, you saw that on display, but Kadarius Tony should be getting the ball so that he can make plays in space a whole lot more than what he's doing right now. But you couldn't do, you didn't even do that when you were in Dallas. So, Dave Gettleman, Jason Garrett, Lake of Fire. Next up, uh, you know, look, sometimes you got to get rid of a guy a little early because you can see you can see it coming and if you don't do it by the time you see it coming it just tanks it goes into the toilet and i'm gonna put this man out here because it's about that time because he got him close he got the team close but you never know what's going to happen with this team now, right now, they're in the what they like to call the catbird seat because there's nobody else in their division that's going to actually do something. But where they are right now is a problem, and that is one Mike Frable. I'm calling for his skull. I'm calling for his skull. He needs to go into the lake of fire to burn because he has... I don't know what happened to the defense. He's a defensive guy. And the defense is just, I know they're two and two. I get it. They're two and two, but they're two and two. Like it's not a, it's not a good two and two. They aren't in the position where they go. All right. So you know what? We're just going to go ahead. We're not even going to worry about that Jets loss. We're just going to go ahead and bang out these next six wins. Then we'll be eight and two. And then you're going to be looking at us like we, you know, like this never happened. No, that's not going to happen. I don't see them rattling off six wins in a row. I don't see them winning two games in a row. You have the best running back in football. You have probably still, still top 
five, if not top seven receiver in football in, in, in Julio Jones. You have Ryan Tannehill, efficient Ryan Tannehill. Now, look, when he was on Miami and people were coming at me, when he's at Miami, I just dissected him all the way through about how he just couldn't get it done. And this guy is a middle-of-the-road quarterback that when you see him, you go, all right, he can't get us, he can't get us there. But he has talent, and he is efficient. Is he that dude, that dude? Not necessarily. He's not. But I have to give credit where credit is due. He is an efficient quarterback. So with all that being said, and you have the offense, and you had the defense, what's the problem? Coaching. Arthur Smith leaves. Offense looks terrible. Look, the offense looks terrible. Terrible. And I know it's week four, so you got to give them, you know, at the quarter pole, because this is still the quarter pole to me, at the quarter pole, you still, you still say, all right, well, you know, it's the quarter pole. They need four weeks or so. We'd only had like two preseason games, three preseason games. They cut out one preseason game, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. I don't care. The fact is, is that they were declining. They have been slowly declining on defense. Last year, their defense was horrendous. The year before that, their defense was okay, but you could see them slipping a little bit. I don't know if it's salary cap. I don't know if it's just age. That defense is slipping, and that's where you hang your hat. Vrabel. Yeah, bro, you got to go. Okay. Next on the list. I don't know if I have anybody else on the list. Uh, I don't have any other. I don't have any other coaches right now that I could say needs to be on the hot seat. I don't have any GMs that right now say that they need to be, that I say needs to be on the hot seat. Um, I take that back. I take that back. And so, I don't know if this guy is just, it's just, maybe it's just, He's, he's run its course. I don't know if it's he missed his window. Um, bad breaks here and there. He just missed his window. But I'm sorry. Mike Zimmer needs to be in that lake of fire too. And I'll tell you why. Mike Zimmer needs to be in that list of lake of fire because he actually got the quarterback that he wanted. He had the defense. He had the offense. He just didn't have the quarterback. Insert Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, who all he did was kind of like, you can lead your team back. He makes the right throws. You know, he throws touchdowns. He puts up numbers. So he was better than the quarterback that they had. He comes in. 
And where have they gone? South. Kirk Cousins isn't that guy. He could have been on this team. And then salary cap issues hit, and you have to get rid of a lot of your defense, your cornerbacks, some of your linebackers, your defensive linemen. You know, um, what could have happened? What could have happened? Can you imagine if they were able to have Jefferson on one side and Diggs on the other side with Thielen in the slot? Oh, with Dalvin Cook. That's GM work right there. Zimmer and your GM, come on. You have the opportunity to have one of the greatest offenses on in the National Football League, and you let Stefan Diggs not just walk out, but huffed and puffed out. Ah, oh, no, 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 no. Because the team was just declining so fast. It that roller coaster ride, it hit that top. At at some point, you gotta come off that hill and just start rolling down. And they came to a they came down the hill pretty fast. And maybe it's just time for Mike Zimmer to walk. Maybe he needs to quit, but he needs to go. He needs to go, the GM needs to go, and they need to start fresh, and they need to start playing winning football. They need to have a winning football team. And that, my friends, is my lake of fire. Tune in next week where we may have some of the same on the lake of fire. Some people, some coaches or GMs may come off the lake of fire based on what how the team goes. We'll see what happens. One week may not change where I'm at in the Lake of Fire, because this has been going on for a little bit, but you never know. For our last segment, we're going to hand out awards, and we're going to do our top five, all in the same segment. So let's go with the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. This one's easy. This is extremely easy. It is none other than Kyler Murray. There was nobody out there that did any better than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray went into Los Angeles, into the the Lions' den, and beat the brakes off of the Rams. They the Rams had no answer for Kyler Murray. He gets my, even though he only, even though, even though he only had two touchdowns, and he threw for two hundred and sixty eight yards. He gets it because there was nothing that they could do, that the Rams could do to rattle him, to frustrate him, to get him off of his schneid, I should say, you could say, to get him to make a mistake. Defensive player of the week? This is easy. Well, let me back up. No, I'm not going to back up. That's who my that's who my offensive player of the week for the NFC is. I could have I could have I could have gone either way with like Zeke or 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 Dak, but Kyler Murray made a statement. I think that the Rams were a better team than the Panthers, and the Cowboys went at home, and the Cardinals went to LA and beat the brakes off of them. Defensive player of the week, though. NFC, this is easy too. This goes to Trey Diggs. 
Trey Diggs, Trey Diggs. Because with your two interceptions, you now have five as a second-year player. And those five put you in a spot where I think that you have, I think he has an interception in every game this year. That's crazy. That is unbelievable. They keep testing him. Jalen Hurts tested him. Pick. The Panthers tested him. Tom Brady tested him. Pick, 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 pick. They keep testing him like he's not good. That man was a was a monster in, in college. And he it's translating over to the NFL. Defensive player of the week. Offensive player of the week, AFC. Well, in order to be Offensive Player of the Week, you have to win. So Derrick Henry can't get Offensive Player of the Week. But Pat Mahomes can with his 24 of 30, 278 yards and five, count them, one, two, three, four, five touchdowns. He gets my AFC Player of the Week. Now, you know, Tyreek Hill, and I, you know what? I keep saying this. I keep saying this about Tyreek Hill. People don't want to listen to me. Maybe the Eagles don't get this memo. But somebody from Philly needs to have the Eagles, whatever it is, that whoever, matter of fact, somebody, Ben, you're, you're going to listen to this. You get your Miami coaches to say, to listen to this right now, this statement that I'm going to put out there. In order to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, you need to hold Tyreek Hill to under. You need to hold him to 75 yards and under. You, They lose when he has 75 yards or less. You lose. They lose. They lose. Look at all the losses. Look at where Tyreek Hill, how many yards Tyreek Hill had in their losses. I think the highest number he had was 80. Now, uh... The tight end went off. Okay. He goes off. Travis Kelsey, he goes off. But you get you get Tyreek Hill with 85 yards or more, they're going to win. I've seen where Tyreek uh, I've seen where Travis Kelsey didn't get the didn't get the uh the catches in the yards and Tyreek Hill gets the catches in the yards and they win. I have seen Ty, I've seen Jason Kelsey, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey. I said Jason. I've seen Travis Kelsey get the yards and the catches, and Tyreek Hill not get it, and they lose. Travis Kelsey is not the most important person on that team. It's Tyreek Hill. You eliminate Tyreek Hill, Kansas City goes down. But in order for Tyreek Hill to get the ball, somebody's got to throw it to him. Patty Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. Now, the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. This is going to be tough. But I'm going to do this. I want to do this because I feel like this is how you play defense, okay? I feel like in order for you to play defense 
It has to be a complete defensive effort. The defensive player of the week is the entire Buffalo Bills defense. Nobody played better. Nobody in the AFC played better, even on an individual basis, than the Buffalo Bills. Five forced turnovers. You turn around. This is your second. This is your second shutout of the season. You don't get any better than that. The Buffalo Bills are really trying to smoke the AFC. Now the Buffalo Bills are going to have Kansas City soon. So I know that they're not going to get shut out. But what you do to the, even though they play the Texans, you're supposed to shut them out. You're supposed to put 40 on them and they don't score because they're that bad. You have to show that they are that much, that you are that much better than they are. You sit back and you 27 to 24, 13 to 10, 21 to 28. That's not a, no. That means your defense didn't do the job. 40 to nothing, that lets you know that you are just that much more dominant than the other team. You have to beat the brakes off of them. And that's exactly what they did. And they get my AFC defensive player or players of the week. I'm going to post this on social media. I'm going to post this on, you know, this will be for your listening and enjoyment. If you don't agree with what I have to say, Go ahead, put the put it in the comments, Facebook, things like that. Because we do have a Facebook page, Big Scan Pandemic. Look us up. Um, if you agree, you don't agree, go ahead and like our page. Go ahead and drop a like on our page. Put some comments down on our page when I post the show. Next week we'll go through the same thing. Well, it'll probably it'll it'll also be me by myself. I gave Ben and Matt a couple weeks off, um, so they can take a breast, deal with their families deal with their jobs, you know, things like that, because we do still work. Just saying. We still have families. Just saying. And so we're going to go through Lake of Fire part two. We're going to go through the, the we're going to go through the uh, the games Thursday night, Sunday night, or Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night. We're going to go through top five. Oh, forgot my top five. Almost forgot my top five. Okay, so top five. Number five. I hate doing this. You know what? Number five. The Baltimore Ravens. Number five. They went into uh, they went into Denver. They beat yes, they beat a three and Denver team. They were undefeated, although you know they really didn't play anybody. But Denver was undefeated. They went ahead and they beat Denver, and they beat them soundly. Even got the coach mad at the end. Oh, well. Stop them on those plays. Number four, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I put them at number four because I feel like, for me, To go into Foxborough, Tom Brady, semi-hostile environment, you go up against a team that is, you know, probably has, well, doesn't probably, has 
the greatest coach, greatest defensive mind of all time, greatest head coach of all time, and you beat them. But you kind of beat them because they beat themselves on the last play. So I can't put you any higher than four, but I will put you at number four. Number three, the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys at number three. The Panthers came in with a solid defense, a very good offense, undefeated. They went into Dallas, and they got beat. And, I mean, they soundly got beat. Ezekiel Elliott, over 140 yards rushing. Uh, Dak Prescott, four tubs. Trey Diggs, two picks. Like, they put it on them. The problem is is that I couldn't put them higher. Why? Because when it was – 36 to, I think it was 36 to 14 or 36 to 17 in the fourth quarter, they let him come back. You beat the brakes off of the Panthers when you have their foot on their neck. You put you put it on them, which is why my next two teams explain that. Number two, the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, who forced five turnovers, who made the Houston Texans look like without Deshaun Watson. I shouldn't even be sad. I don't even know if I should be saying that guy's name. Who looked horrible without Deshaun Watson. Who looked horrible without Tyrod Taylor. I said it because if Tyrod Taylor's playing, then it may be a little different. You put 40 on them. They don't score. That's how you beat a team. If Dallas would have sat there and did that to, to the Carolina Panthers, they probably would be close to number one. But the Buffalo Bills, even though they were at home, I give it to you, they were at home. Nobody had a better win, a more definitive, dominating win against a lesser opponent than the Houston, than the Buffalo Bills. They're at number two. And number one, the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals, who went into L.A. as with the L.A. Rams on a lot of people's boards as the best team in the league because they went ahead and they just smoked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they they put Gronkowski out. The boy's rib cage is all jacked up. Lungs is all messed up. He couldn't play this past week. And you go in there and you smoke the L.A. Rams. Arizona Cardinals, they didn't have anything for Kyler Murray. They didn't have anything for that defense. That defense is playing lights out. That offense is playing lights out. They are number one right now because of that quality win. We'll see next week. We'll see next week if these five teams can stay in in the top five. Maybe they move up. Maybe they move down. We'll see, you know, because I believe that Arizona is going to lose at some point, you know. Buffalo may lose again at some point. So, you know, that's my top five. If you like my top five, drop a like in it on when I post it on Facebook again. If you don't like it, you know, put your own top five in. I want to see people in their top five. Who is the who is your top five? Who is your offensive and defensive players of the week? AFC, NFC. You let me know. Um, go on to the Facebook page. Um Today, the show is up. Go ahead and put your comments in. Go ahead 
And say what you need to say. Sound off. Hey, do you think that I'm trash? Just say that. Hey, Kev, I think you're trash. Go ahead and do that. But that's all I have for this week. Uh, For me and Ben and Matt. And sometimes Pete, because he comes on the show too. I bid you adieu. I'll see you next week. I want to thank everyone for joining us on the Pigskin Pandemic Podcast. We are available now on Anchor, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you usually find your favorite podcasts. Please tell your friends, leave us any comments you have about the show, and a five-star rating would be great. You can also find us now on our Facebook page. I want to thank you all for listening, and remember, please wear a mask and stay safe out there.